Welcome to the CMO Series Represents, where we discuss diversity, equity and inclusion in professional services marketing. I'm Charlie Knight, Marketing Communications Manager here at Passel, and I'm going to be your host today. While there's no disputing, there is critical work to be done in levelling the playing field for all underrepresented communities. Individuals with disabilities are still being excluded from the conversation. In fact, a report from the Return on Disability Group suggests that although 90% of companies claim to prioritise diversity, only 4% actually consider disability in their DEI programmes. Now today, I have the pleasure of welcoming someone with a deep expertise in driving business value through establishing and maturing enterprise architecture, as well as a personal passion for advocating for accessibility. We welcome Tim Dixon, Head of IT Architecture at Global Assurance Business Intertech to CMO Series Represents. Welcome, Tim. Thank you, Charlie. It's great to be here. Excellent. Well, we're very, very happy to have you on to talk about all of this today. So thank you for your time. Um, so, yeah, I think let's let's kind of jump straight in because we've got lots to talk about. So you've been very active in advocating for change when it comes to accessibility and particularly for people with visual impairments. Can you kind of tell us what the driving factor is um, for taking on that mission? Sure. So I was first diagnosed with an hereditary condition called cone dystrophy about eight years ago Um, and as my sight has got worse and through that journey I've realised that there's so many small changes that we can make that have a huge difference to the accessibility and inclusion of the world Um, and people just aren't aware of them so the advocating for change and making these small changes that have a huge impact is less about for me. It's about um, doing it for all of us in the community and ultimately with it being an hereditary condition, trying to improve the world for my kids if should they um, have the same condition I have. Thanks for sharing that, Tim. So obviously, you know, it's a very personal kind of driver for this as well. But like you say, there's a massive opportunity for the you know, for the wider community um, and, and obviously for firms to kind of make these small changes, like you say, that actually have a huge impact um, on people living with with sight loss and and obviously other other disabilities. So thanks for sharing. So I guess since that diagnosis, you know, it must have been very difficult. What has been your experience along that journey with sight loss and how has that impacted your career and, and obviously your current role as, as head of IT architecture at Intertech? So I consider myself quite fortunate um, in respect that I've always had fantastic support from the management, my management and their management. It's very much been the support is there. With sight loss not being um, so prevalent in people's day-to-day lives, it's hard for people to know what to do to support. But anything I've asked for, uh, within reason, obviously, um, is I've had the support there. And it was a big concern for me. Uh, Initially, um, I was concerned around if I could continue to work, what work would look like for me. Could I continue adding value to the business that I'm in? Um, What impact it would have on my career? Um, And spent a lot of time researching and engaging with charities and government schemes like um, Access to Work, which is commonly known as UK's best kept secret. Um, 
that allow me to have the assistive technology and the support I need uh, and develop the skills I've required to be able to um, continue and succeed at work. Um, Intertech are, are a fantastic company and uh, through their their support, they've helped reduce my fears um, and ensure that I've had a place to grow um, along this sight loss journey. Oh, that's great to hear. And yeah, amazing that you've you've had that support. Um, I'm sure, you know, some people perhaps haven't always um, had the support that they need. So that's brilliant to, to hear. I, I guess, you know, you, you've had that amazing um, kind of network through work and your family and things. What have been kind of external factors, perhaps outside of your firm, you know, working day to day, visiting, perhaps visiting clients or attending events? Have there been any kind of main kind of key challenges that you can think of that you face along that journey that perhaps, you know, anyone who hasn't experienced sight loss might not have even considered? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of challenges that you face day to day, like um, even reading the menu in a in a restaurant or finding a building, um, just even travel, uh, needing to depend on things like passenger assistance on on train journeys that mm. require pre-booking and pre-planning. You've got to plan ahead. You've got to be much more prepared. And things do go wrong and you've got to um, be able to take a step back and realise that it, it doesn't matter. You can't be in as much as a rush and mm. uh, be as responsive as you may want to be. So one of the main challenges that I've faced is actually me. So it's like most things in in life, um, you realise that your your biggest barrier um, to progressing is often yourself. Um, mm. So it it was coming to terms with sight loss, knowing that I needed to ask for help, um, going through a grieving process, which is because I've got gradual sight loss, it's like a, a continuous grieving cycle. Every time you realise you've lost a bit more sight, you go through the same grieving cycle again of of losing it, so uh, of the loss of sight and what you might not be able to do now. Um, and so the emotional side and tackling it yourself is is one of the big areas. And being in a supportive environment has meant that I've been able to ask for the help that I need. It's not easy to ask when you're a very independent and person. Um, anybody going through a journey that's restricting their, their capabilities or they need to ask for a small change, and it might be super minor and people like, yeah, it's fine. There's that mental barrier um, of I'm asking for something different. I'm asking for something special. Um, in reality, it isn't. We're just asking for it to be um, equal access. Mm. But it's so there's there's a big challenge in yourself, and then there's also a, a high level of frustration when things aren't as accessible as they easily could be um, as you're going through. So, uh, like meeting meeting people for the first time. You've got to, there's a personal emotional journey you go through in telling somebody that you've got sight loss and then they're in a position where if they've not encountered it before, they've got to go through the 
process of what do I say? Uh, I don't want to offend somebody. How do I approach this? You can see that level of un- uh, discomfort from them. So it's uncomfortable for you because it's you're being vulnerable to somebody you don't know. And then it's uncomfortable for them because most of the time people haven't come across it or know what to say or how to help. So there's either people that are really helpful and um, go too far so like just grabbing your arm and trying to cross the road or there's the other end of the the spectrum where you ask for help in the shop and the go it's over there and point and obviously you've got no idea where it is so really um there's a, a lot of challenges in life and we all face challenges it's how we tackle that and that's why i say that the main challenge for me is has been me it's getting used to being able to tackle that um used to being able to say yes i need help and um getting people to to engage Uh, another example is my white cane so for long enough i took uh, my i knew i needed to use a white cane for guidance so i would use it at the shops and then when I got to near my house, I would pack it away because I didn't want neighbours seeing you. There's mm. that, um, you've got all of that emotional side of becoming comfortable with who you are and the disability that you've got. And once you get there, it's it's super easy and you forget how hard it is. But uh, looking around the, the community, you see people in lots of different stages of acceptance of who they are. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's really interesting. And you've a few things there I kind of picked up on. So, you know, there's the the practical and the kind of logistical challenges that you talked about, which I think most people would, you know, they're the things that will come to mind about, you know, navigating new places and and meeting people. But actually, I imagine that the that kind of emotional and and that mental kind of roller coaster that you talked about and that grieving process um, is actually probably harder in in some respects. And having to kind of go through that cycle again and again when you meet new people and and you know, as you mentioned you know, that must be very difficult and something that perhaps lots of people haven't considered um, so much about. Yeah, it, it's it's difficult. I, I don't want it to come across as, you know, my life is terrible or because it isn't, it's far from it, it's fantastic. Um, but these are things that I've had to, to learn. You have to build a resistance up to, I'm going to have to tell people at least, say, three or four times a day that I can't see. Um, and that brings back the the trauma of being told that the first time but you get used to it and you have that resistance and um, that gives you it gives you more of an understanding that for me it's given me a lot more of an understanding that there's lots of people that are going through these things we don't see what's going on in people's lives we don't understand unless we get to know people we don't understand if the person behind us in the queue at the shop is suffering from severe anxiety or they've just lost a family member or anything like that and it it opens you up to being taking a step back when you're in these environments and going while that behavior or what's happening or how they're behaving might not be something that i appreciate maybe there's something going on for them and being more tolerable of what what they're going through in life yeah 100 percent. definitely kind of 
I imagine makes you a lot more empathetic to to those kind of challenges and, and more aware. And I guess that's the other thing that I picked up on is that a lot of this is about kind of building that awareness and that education piece. So people, you know, perhaps can respond to you when you meet them and, and not feel so uncomfortable. And that's about kind of, you know, learning, you know, learning about these challenges themselves. So I guess to look on, you know, the, the optimistic side and, and you said, you know, you've got a great life and what have the opportunities been, you know, what, have, what opportunities have opened up as a result of all of these experiences and are there any kind of wins or successes that you're really proud to have been part of? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in, in a lot of respects, my life is much more rich and fulfilled than it ever has been. So the the first example that comes to mind is Intertech as a company joined uh, the Valuable 500. The Valuable 500 is a collective of 500 global organisations that have agreed to put disability inclusion on their agenda. So over the past two years, I've been able to be part of the task force within Intertech um, and made significant progress in raising awareness within the company um and the services we provide to help our customers become more inclusive so it, it, that opportunity to really influence and raise awareness not just within my colleagues but knowing that that then goes on to our customers and supporting them and that has a cascading effect is really very rewarding and in that time, we've been able to roll out internal campaigns to raise awareness. So we've had video interviews with different colleagues with different disabilities, uh, sharing their stories, sharing what life is like for them, um, through to presenting tips on how to be more inclusive in meetings and um, how to improve our marketing, what our marketing teams can embed into their um into their uh, processes to be more accessible and what the best practices are. So uh, in tech, we launched Access Check, which helps the hospitality industry become more accessible and are working with many parts of the Intertech business now to identify opportunities to support our clients on their disability inclusion journeys through the services that we provide. From a personal perspective, I've been able to join as a trustee of the Lincoln Lindsay Blind Society. I've been a trustee for four years. Um, I'm about to become the chair of the board of trustees. And that's helped me because it's it, it brings my experience. I'm having a direct impact on other um, individuals with sight loss in my local community. Um, but also growth and being able to be that experience of being part of a board and the governance and developing my skills and considering joining a charity board wasn't something that I'd ever considered before losing uh, having sight loss and, and losing my sight so really that opened the door on on being able to give back to the community but also from a very selfish perspective, has given me an opportunity to be sat on a board to see what the governance is like, improve my skills, bring the skills I have from business into a 
a local charity that helps them grow and, and support the community. Lots, lots of good things there. Fan, yeah, fantastic. Um, amazing what, what you can fit into, <laughs> into your busy day, Tim, um, as well as your, your job. And I guess, you know, we'll, we'll share the links to, to things like the Valuable 500 and, and the other programmes you talked about there. We'll make sure we share those links um, when, when this is published. But I guess from, from your perspective, Tim, and this is a bit of a two-part question, I guess, what are the things firms and businesses often get wrong when it comes to being like truly inclusive in regard to their digital marketing efforts? We, we can talk about this in a moment if you want to answer the first part um, first. But also I was thinking about, is, is there a distinction between what is accessible and what is inclusive from a consumer perspective? They're both great questions. So taking the first one, I think from a marketing perspective, there's some very simple omissions that are made by even the biggest brands out there today um, with their marketing materials. So there's there's what I would class as three easy to fix key areas. So when posting on any social media or your website, making sure you have alt text on images. So alt text is alternative text or image description uh, are the other terms it's known as. And that describes the image in words for a visually impaired person or a screen reader user to, um, to be able to understand. So a screen reader is software that will read the screen to somebody in audio format. So um, when it gets to an image, if there's no alternative text, it just says image. Um, hence the importance of putting the alt text there. There's a benefit from a marketing side because alt text is seen by search engines and gives you a boost from that perspective. So there's, there's from a business perspective, it really makes sense to add alt images, uh, alt text to images. There's also, from a design perspective, poor contrast. So making sure there's a good contrast ratio. Um, there's some guidelines called um, the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. And while it's a, started off about websites, it applies to the concepts and they can apply to um, printed media and marketing in general. And there's sections around there on how you can make sure or, or what level of contrast you need for it to be easily visible to somebody. So a, a good example is making sure there's enough contrast between, say, a, a grey background and uh, black text. So if the, the grey background's too dark, it'll be hard to read the black text on it. Mm. Um, yellows and whites are obviously a, another good combination. The final, um, or, or not the final, but the, the other key piece that's often missing is for um, the deaf community. And and that's making sure that you have closed captions or subtitles, as you may know them, on videos. And on video and audio content, having a transcription available. So um, having the spoken content in in text format that can be read separately to to the video hopefully that that gives three fairly simple areas that 
you can think about and making sure they're part of the processes in in marketing the small steps that once you get used to it it's daunting and the first time you do anything it's it's like am i doing it right but when it comes to accessibility it's a journey doing something and doing it wrong and learning and improving is better than being too scared to do anything and putting anything out there yeah they're, they're all really great and kind of tangible pieces that people can take away and, and implement kind of straight away I think for you know all marketers I think it seems very obvious and very simple but actually you know people do skip over some of those things like alt text and and perhaps because they're not sure what it's used for or or you know what benefit it could be but by doing spending a few you know it's only a couple of extra minutes to kind of do that um, what a big difference it's going to make to, to someone who who has got sight loss um, and equally for the transcripts and, and the closed captions, you know, for the for the deaf community as well. So just, I guess, moving on to the second part of of that question, you know, is would you say there is a distinction between accessibility and being inclusive um, for consumers? This is my personal view. I think there is. So. For me, I distinguish accessible as being something that somebody can get access to. So, for example, I need to print out a report. I can do it, but it takes me, say, 20 keyboard shortcuts to be able to print it out, whereas the sighted user may be able to just use a mouse and, and do it. Whereas inclusive, to me, is meaning that it's it's more equal. So it would take me one keyboard shortcut and that's the equivalent of somebody be clicking a mouse button and doing it visually to get the same report. So inclusive to me is is about equity and um, being able to to experience it in the same way. So often we'll you'll see um, I've come across software that's apparently accessible and technically it is. Technically, I can access all of the features, but it's not usable. Inclusive to me is making sure that every user or uh, consumer of, of content has the same, not the same experience, because you can't, you can't have that, but they, it's equal, as equal as you can get. So making it inclusive, um, and obviously inclusive is, it's much broader than just disability, uh, sight loss and disability. And it, it's about being inclusive to everyone. Um, so you're talking about gender and racism and really inclusive should mean everyone. We should be putting things out uh, and, and making sure our content is available to everyone and being respectful of everyone. Yeah, I think, thank you for, for explaining it in such um, a clear way to kind of, and, and it, it kind of makes sense that difference between what's accessible and actually what's inclusive in it. Like you say, it's kind of the um, the ease of which you can, you know, and the equity um, it, at which you can access something. Um, and as you say, you know, perhaps the experience isn't going to be, you know, it's not going to be the same, but it should, shouldn't be more of a challenge um, for those who, um, have got additional needs so yeah thank you for sharing those I guess moving on kind of from that and, and I guess you've covered quite a few in in the last question around the alt text and, and 
transcripts, etc. Um, but are there any kind of other key actions that our listeners can take back to their firms to improve their services um, and, and kind of help reduce the exclusion for people, particularly with, with sight loss? Yeah, so obviously I mentioned a lot of the, the key things there. Um, one that's maybe not so uh, understood is PDF documents and sending screenshots and images uh, to people. PDF documents are not always accessible. Um, it's something that you need to put a bit of effort into making PDF documents accessible. And obviously, as, as Matt is, PDFs are ideal for getting your brochures out. You know you've got control of how they look. Um, so if you're using InDesign or uh, other publishing tools, there are guides from Adobe and others on how to make sure your PDF documents are accessible, how they can be used with a screen reader. So obviously putting alt text in and the color and um, making sure the text is clear and that is, is a great start. But I have come across PDF documents where people have done all of that, but then the screen reader, the software that reads it out to me, just can't read the pdf it's all over the place the sequencing is all over the place you jump from point one to point ten and and back um so yeah spending a bit of time in understanding how to make sure your pdf documents are accessible and there's there's things that you can do quite easily to be able to test and see so not just assume um there's a lot of resources out there that uh, advise you on how to test with screen readers. And um, it, you've got a screen reader built into the device in front of you today, whether you're on a, an Apple Mac or on a PC, on an iPhone or Android phone um, or tablets. They've all got voice um, screen readers um, built in. Um, and they're easy to turn on, and it would be easy to turn it on, just flick through your PDF document and see what it appears like to somebody who's got no, who's using that technology, um, and then turn it off again. So it's quite easy for you to do those checks and make sure that the experience is what you want the experience to be. Thanks, and that's a really good point, and, and something I think many of our listeners can kind of perhaps haven't thought about and are there any you've kind of mentioned some of the resources you know adobe um and other things that you'd recommend to marketers and firms to go to for support where, with kind of making their services more inclusive are there any kind of key ones that are doing a great job um of, of kind of helping people to do that yeah there's I mean, this is one of the challenges I've found. It's a journey for everyone. So if you listen to this and you're thinking, wow, there's so much I don't know. Um, this is daunting. How do I, how am I ever going to do this? How do I fit this into my day job? Um, please do take a step back and think, I'm just going to look at one area, maybe alt text or the PDFs, and I'm going to make one small step improvement. And that small step improvement will have ripple effects and you'll see the benefit from it and you'll get the motivation to do to do more and find time and realize it's not as daunting as it as it seems. So because there's so much content out there and it's so hard to understand what's good content and what's helpful, um, I have actually put an article together that's published on our, our 
hassle site bbeb.com and um, I've got lots of articles on there about disability inclusion great resource for you to get broad awareness but there's one specifically that I recommend that's called um, where do I start with accessibility and in there I've got links to lots of resources from a, a Microsoft free training course on accessibility through to guides on how to um, how to test for accessibility in PDFs um, and in general awareness. There's lots of great resources there and if you find any more, I welcome them being sent my way so I can add it on and, and keep that resource fresh for everyone. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. We'll we'll make sure that link's included in in this post as well for everyone to 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 go and have a um a read about. So Tim, finally, we're we're getting to that point in the podcast um where this is the kind of last question. And this is a two-part question again for you. So sorry about that. Um, but firstly, what's your one piece of advice for professional services marketers? looking to improve accessibility in their firms and I, I know you've mentioned lots of things but if there's just one thing that you would you would say and then secondly what would your one piece of advice be for professionals experiencing sight loss or coming to terms with a disability great questions the the first one I think we've had all the practical advice um I, I've been a very as you can look but the one thing that has really stood out to me as uh, Intertech as we've rolled out the valuable 500 task force and got people involved is start talking about disability um it's everybody's afraid you will say the wrong thing to somebody at some point I do today um and I read a lot about disability inclusion everybody does it's about being respectful learning and and trusting if you start talking about it, you'll realise that you've got colleagues that uh, may be partially deaf and you've never was never aware. They're colour blind. There's there's a lot of lived experience in your in your own department and in your own company that you're not even aware of. And having those conversations, not only will you build better relationships with your colleagues. Um, you'll get better understanding and their experience will help you as marketers understand your potential client base, who your who your target audience is and what challenges they may be facing. So that that would be my my number one thing. Start talking about it, raise the awareness, um, gather understanding and it will motivate change, not just in the organization and the marketing you're doing, it will have a ripple effect. And then two, people that are starting on their, their sight loss or disability journey, I I would love to say it's an easy journey. It isn't, it's a tough journey. Um, and you can't always see what the future looks like. You can't imagine what it looks like. Um, Certainly when I, I was first diagnosed, it's like, how am I ever going to use a computer if I can't see the screen? And it's it's about being kind to yourself fundamentally. Um, there's a lot of support out there, but 
as I found in the early days, you you focus on logical things you can do. So, oh, I'll go and uh, start using screen reader and a magnifier, and it's very overwhelming. A lot of new things that you're trying to learn at the same time as trying to come to terms with sight loss and trying to do your job. And I'm still learning today. There's lots of things I'm still learning today to to prepare myself as my sight deteriorates. But I had to be kind to myself. It took me at least two or three years before. So I'd go through the motions of getting a, a screen reader. I'd have it installed, but I won't be using it. And you put things off um, and you've got to allow your time to pro yourself time to process it. It's an emotional journey. Um, it's not a logical, hey, we can just fix this. So be be kind to yourself. Realize that there's support out there. Do speak with others. Do find others with similar disabilities. And if it takes you three years before you reach out to somebody, that's fine. Accept it. Be kind to yourself. Really, don't uh, don't rush it. Don't push. Uh, don't think, oh, I should be doing better. Um, there's always somebody who's got more skills uh, in the disability arena and you think, wow, I, I look around the community and that it's, wow, these are, are fantastic people. I could never do any of that. Um, not everybody's the same. You just have to be comfortable with yourself and, and kind to yourself. The last thing is um, really to be able to leave your expectations of being able to do things as you used to do behind. Things are going to change. You won't be able to do all the things you did in the ways you did them. But the vast majority of things you can do, you just have to do them differently. And that's hard to accept, but when you do, it's super empowering. Fantastic. Thank you, Tim. Some brilliant words of wisdom there for, I think, everyone to take away, to be honest. So start talking about these issues and be kind to yourself. They're, they're very kind of powerful messages that, that I think everyone listening can can kind of take away. And and I guess also, you know, be, be empathetic to others as well um, alongside that. Thank you for joining us today, Tim. It's been so enlightening and insightful to kind of hear your your experiences and your journey um, along this path and you know some of those really practical things that that marketers can take away from this and implement in their firms today um, so I, I hope it's been valuable to to our listeners as well thank you very much for having me it's been fantastic um, and i hope this really helps our helps listeners get a, a different perspective on on site loss and the things that we as a community can do to support everyone 100% that's great and we'll share all of those links that, that we talked about throughout the podcast on the post so um, anyone listening to this can, can go away and find those resources as well so thanks again Tim and um, we'll speak to you soon thank you